This week's episode is brought to you in partnership with Zero Procure. Zero Procure takes the time to understand your business, whether in hospitality or any other industry, and do all the heavy lifting when it comes to procurement. I'm delighted that their support will keep this show accessible and free to listen to wherever you access your podcasts. Please get in touch with them for a chat. Just click on the link in the show notes or visit their site at zeroprocure.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Greg Fruchtenicht, Director of Partnerships at the rather wonderful Syrah Hospitality. Coming up on today's show... Greg demonstrates some innovation around job searching. So the, the role with Syrah Hospitality came about from, yeah, kind of misguided attempted drunken video call... Phil proposes a unique type of revolution. Let's get the Phil streets together. And Greg tells us it's not all sunshine and rainbows in the classroom. From one of the classrooms in the distance, we just heard this almighty, what sounded like a ruckus. All that and so much more as Greg talks us through his wonderful journey so far. And we get a fabulous overview of what Syrah are getting up to and what they stand for. Greg's journey is a cracking example of what can happen when you stay true to your values, something that underpins everything he does, and he demonstrates all this with a natural storyteller flair. A huge thank you to him for sharing his story. As always, a sneaky reminder to keep sharing the podcast as far as you can. Let's get the world talking about our amazing industry. Enjoy. And a huge hospitality meets welcome to Greg Fruchtenicht. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Phil. Thanks for, thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. And great pronunciation as well. Sorry, I just wanted to say great pronunciation. Thank you. Yes, well, I uh, I wasn't sure. Well, we did obviously talk about that before we came on. You (laughs) see, the sunshine has just come right into my eyes. Now now I can't see anything. But um, I think that's a good omen. Yeah, it was. um, I I just felt that the the, the (sighs) in your name was going to play into my roots because obviously nobody in the world can pronounce loch like a Scots person. You know, it's uh, it's it's lock, isn't it, for for the vast majority? Yeah, let me give it a try. Lock. Yeah, yeah there we are. Yeah, you're uh, you're now bit, welcome over the border. There's maybe a bit more bit more Liverpoolly in that on my side. But... <laughs> Crackers. Yeah. How's things anyway? How are you? <laughs> really well, thanks. Yeah, doing very well. I um actually spent this morning in a bit of a Spotify rabbit hole thanks to your name. So oh. I was just looking back on a few of your previous episodes and stumbled across Phil Streets, the producer of trippy space trap music. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I should talk about that, shouldn't I really? No. <laughs> That's def- definitely not me. <laughs> well, I thought maybe it seems that the, a lot of the music that Phil makes is is quite instrumental. So I thought maybe there could be some kind of collaboration between you guys. I in the feel future, like you know? let's get the Phil Streets together. And let's see what can what can happen. A bit of freestyling or something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> where where are you today? That's a that's a beautiful looking wall you have behind you. Thank you very much. I wish it were my wall. It's actually my girlfriend's wall. Right. But I'm uh, in London, where I'm living at the moment, um, and kind of yeah, working, having been kind of in and in and out of London for the past six years. Really, originally I'm from the Lake District up in the northwest. So, right, London's. London is a second home to me, but um, my spirit and my soul, I'd say, is is most of the time up in the hills and the in the lakes. Right. Yeah. Do you have the the same issue? Well, not issue. The the same thing for me. Every time I go back to Scotland, I'm like, ah, it's nice to be back. 
but then I'm also when I come back down to London, I'm like, yeah, it's good to be back uh, amongst the buzz and the, uh, the especially. I'm a massive foodie, and, and I just think that London. We're so lucky to be in London because it's just got so much going on on the food scene. Yeah, completely agree with you. Yeah, it's funny. Kind of my mindset can shift quite quickly when I'm back home in the lakes, and I just I, I feel instantly, yeah, back in back in a whole different kind of peace. I'm very at peace in London, but it's a different type of peace. Like you say, it's a peace amongst you know, momentum and kinetics and, you know, people and talking and, and all of that, which is amazing. And it definitely fuels my kind of energy. But then also being up in the middle of nowhere is also just blissfully peaceful and simple. Um, yeah. So I think I guess we're both lucky to have two options, really. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So tell the world what it is that you do, because I absolutely love your job title. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, it's quite broad. So the title is Director of Partnerships. That really strays into Director of many small and exciting things based on the, the role that I'm currently doing at the moment, which is with a very, very small nonprofit called Syra Hospitality. Yep. Uh, effectively, our, our kind of main operation is to connect local communities in London and around the world, but we'll discuss London today most probably. We we connect local communities in London with hospitality businesses and we effectively bridge a gap between the two via education and training. So we create um, hospitality schools that are hyper-focused on inspiring, training and basically creating a new pipeline of entry-level talent in various different roles within hospitality businesses. Fantastic. Yeah, that, well, it sounds like it's one that's needed right now, especially from even just from the pure hospitality perspective in terms of we need more people to come and work in this industry. But two, in terms of elevating communities as well and, and, and giving them routes to to work. And, you know, whether that ends up being in hospitality or not, you're, you're, you're elevating people with skills and, and knowledge, I suppose. Yeah, exactly right. And I think, you know, we, we know having been in the industry, the hospitality industry, that just having a proximity to the the energy and what's needed to work in the hospitality industry gives you so much further confidence just and life skills and you know all of those individual pieces of personality traits that are so important i certainly developed a lot of mine through working in hospitality when i was when i was younger and i think that a lot of the training that we do it is focused on on those life skills and those soft skills if you like to make sure that people are ready to enter an industry which is fast paced it's demanding but it's also extremely rewarding because you are faced with such a cross-section of society and, and individual personalities and i think integration with other humans um is what makes the world go around obviously yeah. and especially in hospitality it's you know it's the most important factor absolutely yeah so well i mean it's a really it sounds like a really really interesting job and we'll we'll get into that later but I'm really interested to learn more about how you ended up here and kind of take us all the way back really into how did you get into the industry in the first place? My first kind of tiptoe into the hospitality industry was at the tender age of, I think it was 14, maybe 15. I'm not sure if that's legal, um, but it was, <laughs> I was there. We mean 16, um, but, 16 or 18, yeah. <laughs> yeah, depending on where you're listening to this. But it, yeah. <laughs> Um, it was a really small, it was the local co-op, so but a kind of independently owned cooperative store in, in Penrith, my hometown, and I was working in the cafe as a, as a pot washer. I wouldn't say that I was a, 
a shy individual, but I certainly didn't have much exposure to the outside world beyond my friends at school and my family and, and you know, that extended kind of community. So mm. yeah, I was, you know, pot washing, doing the dishwasher to make a bit of extra money. I was going on a, on a rugby tour. So I needed to try and fund that a little bit from my own pocket. So I was working there and one day I managed to have a little, a little um, experience on the front desk where I was serving lots of mostly kind of 70 to 90 year old, lovely ladies, scones and cups of tea. And I just remember absolutely loving it. Just chit chat, small talk, mostly about the weather or something that, you know, was going on in the local town. And we can go again, there if I, you want. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm renowned for talking about the weather on this show. So if, if it makes you feel at home. <laughs> Maybe we'll wrap up with the weather. That's uh, yeah, okay. we, can yeah. do, we can do a forecast for anyone that's, even though this is going to be retrospective, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so I was, <laughs> was working there, um, like I say, very, very soft kind of, but it was obviously hospitality in its essence. And then off the back of that, went off to university and then did the, the classic where my summers were spent working in various different local operators. So second experience was quite an interesting one, working the bar of a local camping and caravan site in the Lake District, which... Right. Again, yeah. as, as as we were talking about before, hospitality kind of giving you access to lots of different types of people and personalities. That certainly was uh, an interesting avenue for me because it was lots of holiday makers coming from the northeast and Liverpool and Manchester and um, quite big drinkers, although they were there with their families. And it was uh, sometimes my job felt like, you know, part time bar person and part time bouncer security. Yeah. because there's <laughs> Lots of scraps. And um, yeah. Some, yeah. some, some interesting things. I can relate. That's exactly where I got my start after university. I, I worked in the Haggerston Castle Holiday Park as a bartender. And on the, the weekends where it was, uh, we used to just get uh, like bus loads of people from Glasgow coming down. And, you know, you, you knew that you were going to have to roll your sleeves up that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of get ready for the storm to come. Um, yeah. What's the, most, again, you learn the a scariest lot. thing that's, that ever happened to me is telling uh, a Glasgow guy who was blind drunk that I wasn't going to serve him another drink. Like <laughs> the anticipation of what's going to happen next was already you know, live in my head at the time. And um, yeah, thankfully I had uh, four big burly blokes around me at the time. So that they were able to deal with any physical element that might have happened. I'm not the uh, most physical guy when it comes to, to that. But yeah, it's, a, it's certainly, I think it's a great experience though. Like it's a really great grounding to start seeing life in action. Exactly. And it's completely unscripted, yeah. which I think is amazing. And and also the sense of the sense of teamwork that I gathered from working particularly actually at that caravan park was was incredible. Because like you say, some of the shifts were quite stressful. I had that exact same experience pretty much every night that I worked there. And you know, yeah. there's always people, you know, not too happy with the decision to not serve them any more alcohol. But the, the the bond and the connection that our team made was incredible and we were all you know what 19 18 19 years old yeah. so our life experience was 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 small but i think when combined together we were we were a real unit and i i still don't think i've felt a team vibe or connection like i did at that caravan park which again is is complete testament to how working in the industry whether you're you know, in housekeeping or whether you're on the front desk or whether you're behind the bar, that sense of community that you feel within a hospitality business is, is yeah. second to none, in, in my opinion. Um, Completely agree. And then, yeah, when kind of after university then was 
strayed away from the hospitality side of things and went more into travel. So I was working with a luxury kind of experiential tour operator called Black Tomato, who do some amazing travel experiences around the world. Really rewarding job in, in, the, in the fact that I learned a lot about branding and about kind of, again, partnerships, which is really what I'm kind of into, how we can form connections between companies and individuals that then have a great impact on both the business, but also increasingly more on yeah kind of society and communities and then covid hit as it did for us all just as a bit of a weird time actually i just handed in my notice at black tomato and was due to move to a new company and then the the new offer to the new company was rescinded so i found myself back in the lake district um so i left london didn't really have much down here at the time so thought rather than friends and family but obviously you couldn't really spend time with them so I thought I'll go back up to the to the motherland and, and take a bit of time out <laughs> tail between my legs but that actually was a incredibly transformative year that I spent up there I was yeah up, up at home and then kind of revisited hospitality in it, in it from a very different angle from being on the operation side so while I was at home for that 12 months it became quite obvious that hospitality businesses were obviously struggling with everything that was happening with covid Mm. and we myself and a friend were he'd also been furloughed and so we didn't have we had lots of time on our hands but we'd we'd seen that in the wake of covid or as covid was just beginning to develop and build up there were a few hospitality businesses which we we really admired from a brand perspective and experience perspective we saw that a few great brands were actually kind of putting out some quite dodgy messaging around the pandemic mostly sending messages such as, you know, we love you NHS. Thank you so much for all of the hard work you're doing. Here's 15% off a, a hotel stay. And these were operators that were probably around 400, 500 pounds per night. Um, right. so we, looked, yeah. we, we, we looked at that and thought, well, which ICU nurse is ever going to be able to afford to go and stay there, even with a 10, 15% discount. So yeah. it, it almost seemed like COVID washing as opposed to green washing. It was a chance for, it seemed to be some hotels were using an opportunity to kind of use that as a, as a comms message, which we just felt was really wrong um, yeah. and a, a, bit, a bit short-sighted. So myself and a friend of mine, we um, effectively started calling up a few hotels and just saying, look, we've seen the message that you're putting out. Would it not be more meaningful to maybe give away some stays for free rather than offering them out at discounted rates? Because we know that people can't afford them. So that idea was very much kind of, yeah, how we can support hotels in putting out the right message in these times of, of difficulty, but also how they can support people that really need the opportunity, which at that time obviously was the NHS amongst everyone else that was suffering. So we kind of, we liked the idea of rather than each individual hotel or restaurant going out and putting out a kind of mission or, or statement of their own, could we create this kind of industry-wide thank you or appreciation uh, kind of society almost, whereby we onboarded lots of different hotels and they were all able to distribute rooms out for free to say a, a really kind of heartfelt and meaningful meaningful thank you mm. um and so that that idea became uh, an initiative called nights on us which is something that we're still running actually on the side at the moment um, and yeah the basic premise is you know we know that hotels enrich lives for the people that are fortunate enough to be able to afford to go and stay there why don't we help them enrich the lives of people that save lives so people on the front line of the nhs and so we kind of we, we took that year of the initial covid wave to to kind of work on this little project which was really rewarding and actually it was 
pretty inspiring to see how many hotels were willing to work with us. Um, right. We, yeah. Yeah. A lot. Lot. We had. We had a lot of great contributions. Um, we got over seven thousand rooms donated uh, in the yeah. first in the first year, and that was you know from amazing operators everywhere from the Hoxton to the Shangri La to the Rosewood. And yeah, they were distributing rooms out for free to people that needed it the most. So that was that was my kind of segue back into the hospitality world, having been out of it for a while. And it was a segue in that the angle was very much, well, people do give a shit uh, in the hospitality world, pardon my, pardon my language. Yeah. Um, and that, that was an opportunity to think, well, it's a great, great industry to give back, um, even when times are hard. And that was quite inspiring for me to see an industry kind of mobilize in that way. Yeah, it's it's massively uplifting, isn't it? To to, and I suppose as well because we when we're all busy and we all kind of crack on with our lives and you know our businesses and all of these sorts of things, it's it kind of takes priority. And you think you maybe don't think of every other part of your life as you would normally when you're not operating at 100 million miles an hour. COVID kind of gave us an opportunity to just take a step back and remind ourselves perhaps that we're all human at the at the end of the day. And yes. Some of these humans are at the helm of some of the most amazing properties that you'll ever see in the hotel world uh, around the world. But actually, a small gesture like that, which it is a small gesture in the grand scheme of things, is you know carries massive weight. And that's the thing that I I uh, I kind of it's difficult to find many positives out of the COVID scenario. But it is the the thing for me that we all kind of just remembered that we're all in this game of life together it's not about trying to compete it's not about trying to be better than somebody else there are instances where that's necessary but it's not often necessary in business we can all rise together completely so i just i'll just end the podcast there actually that's <laughs> the... <laughs> inspirational no I like it. I, it's, it's so true and i think that's and the small things that happen you know even and this was kind of one of the catalysts for us coming up with Nights and Us in the first place as well, was, you know, we were all going out and clapping on our front doorsteps to celebrate the NHS, which was amazing. And I think, you know, I built better connections with my neighbours via that than I had for years because, you know, it, it was an interesting way for communities and society to come together, even in that small gesture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how else can, how else can, well, if if the businesses and the, and the kind of organisations that are suffering almost as as badly as the nhs were at that time can still mobilize and have the clarity and kind of foresight to think a bit more altruistically then that for 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 me and obviously for yourself as well it just it just shows that the industry is something that it, it is an industry that just has a lot to show for and a lot to care about and i think it's yeah it was like you say incredibly rewarding to be able to be a part of that and just work with some people that really had kind souls and and, and wanted to help yeah and that's what it's all about what's it, a return to a hospitality mentality really isn't it i mean you mm. would expect that in the world of hospitality you can find people who care who you know who, who really put other people first because that's basically what we do exactly so it's, yeah, it's a kind of cyclical, beautiful thing. And that kind of strays into the work that I'm doing at the moment and in a, in a whole different type of giving back and a whole different type of kind of manner. But yeah, I think I hadn't considered for years to, to be in the hospitality industry. Um, I, I kind of, I was more focused on travel and, and 
you know, almost more of a tourism element. But yeah, then having this experience with these hotels up and down the UK then made me realize, okay, well, I need to be more involved in the hospitality industry because it was, yeah, it was rewarding and it just kind of lit my fire to then go and step back into the industry in a whole different way. Yeah. It's a funny one, that, isn't it, actually? I've never really thought about this until this precise moment when you, you talk about the fact that I, I wasn't really in hospitality. It was more tourism. But actually, one doesn't exist without the other, right? So mm. there, there are so, there's a monumental crossover between the two, the two industries. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, for me, hospitality is more working in the hospitality industry as I do now again is is you have much more of a direct impact I think than I ever have in terms of you know I was working in travel and managing brand partnerships and you know the the access that our team had at Black Tomato was to you know sell trips sell amazing experiences but in terms of the kind of face-to-face human-to-human interaction it was purely just a sales process um not knocking it in any way because that's you know how it has to be we didn't have people for example from Black Tomato hosting trips necessarily. Whereas the actual true for hospitality for me, the you know, the true word is that face-to-face, human-to-human kind of connection. And I think that there's no better way to experience that than than hotels, which is predominantly kind of where we're working at the moment. Although, you know, in, in the future we'll be working more with restaurants and things like that. But yeah, I just think that the 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 way that a hotel stay can change someone's life which i do believe it can also needs to be able to transfer into changing other people's lives not just the guests so if we can use hotels as a as a conduit and a vehicle to change other people's lives not just the people that are fortunate enough to afford to stay at those great hotels then truly again we're kind of wrapping that up in that true essence of what hospitality is not just for the guest but for the place that they inhabit and, and the people outside the front door yeah absolutely is there this is kind of a return to very much having a community mindset right about wherever your property sits um whether you're in park lane southwark uh, dalton whatever or you know whatever part of the world you you sit in it's about embracing what's around you rather than just putting bums on seats and uh, and filling roles with you know anyone that comes along kind of thing exactly and certainly you know where possible avoiding the temptation, I'd say, to poach or fly people in from overseas, which is really where Syrah Hospitality, the, the company I'm now with, is that's where the the essence and the, the kind of the whole reason that we exist came from that. You know, we know that there is a, a huge issue with poaching in the industry and there's also a huge issue with, you know, if visas permit, which obviously they're not at the moment in the UK, you know, flying people in from overseas, whereas it's actually slightly insane because right literally open the front door and there will be a wealth of amazing individuals out there even though it doesn't seem like it at the moment because it's harder than ever to find them they are out there it's just a case of spending the time to get to know that community with which you inhabit find the people that can you know refer these great people through to you because they are there it's just that they probably haven't considered a a career in the industry before so it's Mm. our job and i think it's hospitality's job at the moment more broadly to almost do our own little PR campaign about how great it is to be in the industry, not sugarcoating it because it's, you know, it's not, it's not a walk in the park. We know that, but if you have that essence and you have that kind of personality and that ambition, then it's a great place for anyone to work that's willing to, you know, yeah, roll their, roll their sleeves up and, and, and kind of get to know and meet some amazing people and amazing kind of different businesses. 
Yeah. I mean, what other industry can you make quick progress just by having a good attitude? I mean, that's literally all you need to to climb the ranks. And it's I, I completely agree with your statement around we, we've all got to do our little bit, all do our little bit of PR to elevate the industry and, and get it out of, uh, this is exactly the reason why the podcast exists. And I've spoken about this so many times, but it's the reason I started this is because I was just getting sick of hearing all of the negative stuff that you hear in the press. That's all that comes out. I mean, that's what the press are there for, right? To sensationalize and sell whatever it is that they're selling. So if that's what they're going to do, then we've got to take control of everything else and just absolutely shout from the rooftops about all of the good stuff that happens, which happens every day in pretty much every single business. And okay, there are some who don't do things quite as well and we should absolutely hold hold them to account but at the at the same time you know there's so many good people in this industry let's work together to make you know to shout louder and drown out all that crappy noise that comes from from mainstream media mm. yeah and, and use i completely agree and, and use those amazing figures and amazing personalities as a as a pr tool you know I think that's and there's a there's a kind of a story or, or an example of that from the first school that we launched in London, which was earlier this year, whereby the students that we had on board the program, again, I'd say ninety, ninety-five percent had never worked in the industry before. But for them to we we do a lot throughout the program in terms of having guest speakers come in to speak to the students and tell them what it's like, you know, their life and times of in hospitality and you know their journey and, and things like that. And where possible, you know, we, we want that to come from the operational teams, the people that have really lived and breathed hospitality and, you know, have a bit of a story to tell. And we were fortunate in the first program to, we, we were working with Pan Pacific. That was one of our great partners. And Anne Golden, the general manager, came down to speak to the students on the first week. And, you know, we had a kind of like a, almost like a keynote speech without making it sound too um, official or stuffy. Yeah. Uh, but she just spoke about her experience in the industry and, you know, her journey that she'd been on, which is a fantastic journey. And literally after she'd done her 10 minute discussion, there was literally a line of about 30 students just waiting to speak to Anne and hear more. They were, they were just so inspired. And, and I'd say, Maybe the day before that, the students, it was the first week, so the students were still a bit kind of finding their feet, meeting lots of new people, maybe not totally confident, which is our whole role is to build confidence. But people came alive just hearing this great story from an amazing individual who was being real about the industry. You know, she wasn't saying it's, you know, you're going to sit on your bum all day and do nothing. She was saying it's hard work. But if you are willing, like you say, to put in the energy, have that great personality, you will go far as as Anne has. And I think, you know, hats off to her and, and massive thanks to her for, for being there to, to tell those stories because that's what the industry needs. And, you know, it needs it on a on a kind of macro scale as well. But in our in our school, just to have a few students listen to people that, that have those inspiring stories makes a huge difference. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I it's not even just students that Anne inspires we I was lucky enough to I put on an event last oh earlier this year actually and she was a speaker or she was on my panel actually we were discussing whatever it was people we were discussing and uh like you just described there there was a line of 30 people who weren't all students who wanted to have a, a conflab with uh, with Anne afterwards because um I, she's just a, a, a an absolutely 
she's everything that's good about this industry for me. She's a, a friend of the show. Hope she doesn't mind me saying that uh, as well. She's been on and told her story uh, here as well. And she's just got this real humility around uh, her journey and, and her story. And I think it's just, uh, yeah, she's definitely one that we can all be inspired by. Thank you, Anne, if you're yeah, listening. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you call her in, Just, let's dial her in. Yeah, let's, let's see if she's available. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm sure hashtag thank you, Anne. There we are. Um, great stuff. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's um, just to wrap that, that up. We need more people that, that entry level or prospective entry level staff can look at and say, I want to be that person in 10 years' time. Yeah. That's what, we, that's what we need. Certainly for the work that I do, the more people that we can bring in and, and tell their story and inspire people especially when there's this big drought or, or seemingly a big drought in hospitality kind of talent at the moment that's that's where the battles won and lost i think making it seem desirable but also be being realistic um, yeah but yeah if we can tell those stories i think we're, we're onto a bit of a winner yeah and, and i think the key thing with especially coming back to Anne again the Anne golden <laughs> fan club is that she backs up words with pragmatism and realism and proper leadership that you speak to anybody that's worked with her over the years and you know they, they have nothing but good things to say about her so i think it's it's absolutely one thing to attract in it's another thing to ensure that we keep and grow and nurture and we need proper leadership to be able to to make that happen and you know part of the the, the problem sometimes is that we all get too busy and we kick that can down the road a little bit because we're just dealing with the here and now but it's got to be dealt with on a daily basis. It's got to, you've got to keep inspiring that person and you've got to give them some tough love sometimes, but you'll know, but help them bounce back stronger and, uh, and all of these, these sorts of things. So yeah, that's, that's a bit of, bit of a rant, maybe that's, <laughs> kind of crossing the line between rant and inspiration. I, I don't know. Rant inspiration. I'm, I'm inspired. inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Anyway, I can't, we kind of, went off on a tangent a little bit we're taking you away from your story you you founded this wonderful project in in the pandemic what happened next then what happened next? what happened next was a, a drunken or an attempted drunken video call okay of course which is a, nice, a nice a nice um change of pace for the story i was whilst nights and us is still running um it was it never has made any money which obviously means that i wasn't necessarily surviving financially yeah i was very I, my, my um yeah my soul was nourished but my body probably wasn't yeah. so um we we i was working some other kind of consultancy jobs which were great i learned a lot but it wasn't where i wanted to be there was no real kind of philanthropic or kind of this there wasn't a huge purpose attributed to it and i was out having some drinks with a friend one night and kind of having a bit of a moan about that and just saying you know i really need to either monetize nights on us which we weren't really ever keen on doing because it was just a, a nice project to do we didn't want to suddenly have figures on it to make it survive because i think it's, it needs to be an organic kind of uh initiative mm. so yeah it was kind of uh, having a bit of a bitch in the moment with a friend about that and was saying I'm, I'm doing this other job and it's not really fulfilling me it's it's you know it's paying me fine but i don't really necessarily that bothered about that and then this contact of mine said oh my god you need to have a conversation with Harsha uh, Lacqua, who is the founder of, of Syrah Hospitality, because she's looking for a director of partnerships to 
potentially open a school in London, which she's never done before, because before London, Syrah was what the, the actual organization was just working globally uh, outside of the UK. And this was probably two in the morning. What a terrible friend to be moaning about work at two in the morning on a, on a night out. But anyway, there you go. That's that's how much it was playing on my mind. I needed to find something that was fulfilling. And so it was like, great, let's let's FaceTime her. So we, we tried to FaceTime Harsha, the CEO, about two in the morning. And thankfully, she didn't pick up because I don't think I would have pitched myself quite as well. Or maybe I would have. I don't know, actually, after however many espresso martinis. But anyway, so we tried to call her and she didn't pick up. Uh, and then the next the next day, I have a phone call from Harsha. And she's like, did you try and call me at two in the morning last night? And I was like, um, maybe. She's like, oh, Katie, the contact that put me in touch, has told me a little bit about you. Let's have a conversation. And was just left that phone call beyond inspired and excited to work on a project like that and by no means had the job but it was there was a process and she was looking for someone to do this role in London but yeah I was kind of like if I don't get this job I don't know what I'll do basically because it sounded so well aligned um it was it was literally perfect given everything that I had been doing and kind of had ambitions to do in the future and then yeah and then and so the, the role with Syrah Hospitality came about from yeah kind of misguided attempted drunken video call um and then yeah kind of (laughs) and then set off to work from that was a year ago uh, a couple of weeks back so yeah it's been about 12 months i've been with the organization and really the 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 task that i was set was to take this blueprint that harsha the ceo had been using around the world uh in creating these, these these schools and make it relevant and successful in london which was a huge challenge. I've never been in the education space before. I had obviously been in the partnership space before, so had my head around how to work with other organizations. But to achieve something like a, a school was was kind of extremely new to me. So it's been a challenge and, a, 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 yeah, kind of some trial and error and, and all kinds of amazing different learnings that have happened in the past 12 months. But happy to say that we've we've done it and we're now um we've managed to transition our global model into a model that's more relevant for urban environments just like london and yeah in the future we'll be doing more and more schools in london on a, on a bit of a rolling basis which is exciting yeah fantastic and and fair play to you for kind of holding firm as well because it can be very easy to i, I suppose park your values in pursuit of paying your bills you know, but actually in the long run well, it's not even the long run, the short run, medium run, you've landed something which, as you said, is perfectly aligned to who you are as a human. And that means that when you get out of bed in the morning, you know, you, you feel like you're going to be making a difference every day, right? I mean, that's the, the, the beautiful thing about about what you guys are achieving. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And it just, it feels right. And it feels like also very fortunate, you know, very fortunate to, to be in this position because there are, there are many ways for people to exist and, and, you know, survive and kind of, like you say, get up every day and go to work. But this doesn't really feel like a job. It is just kind of everything, um, which maybe sounds a bit lame <laughs> and harsh. If you listen to this, I'm not saying that just to suck up. Um, but yeah, I, mean, that, I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's what, well, I think that's what your career should, should feel like. And like I say, not everyone's fortunate enough to do, to, to have that feeling. I don't think so. And it, it came, I guess it, it came down to a bit of a, a very wise friend again during, during the pandemic kind of sent me a, a simple values tool, you know, to, to, I think, I think we all know our values, but we don't really put them down on paper and we don't yeah. really kind of, we don't really action them 
on a daily basis or if we do then we might need to be prompted and, and I certainly did because I knew what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be but I hadn't sat down with a big a3 piece of paper and a, and a sharpie and said okay well like this is me what do I do with that and I think we actually use that process now at Syra as well when we're making decisions about who to partner with and, and decisions to make with the business you know we, we have our values and we know what they are and we will literally make decisions based on well does that align with these five values or which of those five values does that sit with and if it doesn't fit with any then it's not even a consideration we won't do mm. that whatsoever so and i think that that's kind of what led me to where i am today and that's also what i think does lead our team at Syra to to make quite good decisions about what's right for the business on a on the most meaningful level so i'd recommend anyone that hasn't done that practice before to to give it a whirl especially if you are working in an industry or a job where you're kind of you know phoning it in every day and maybe you're not totally inspired you can do a values test i mean you can do them online or i've got one i can email out if anyone would like it i was just going to um, say the the one that you that, that you use that helped you if you if you are happy to share i'll, I'll stick a link in in the show notes yeah yeah really straightforward and um, yeah i'll share that with you but it's basically just well I'll share it but it's kind of creating a short list and then refining that short list down it's very pen and paper orientated it's not like an online test which yeah, i yeah. personally prefer i did the same thing in um oh god 219 218 19 i had a bit of a wobble on the back of two health diagnoses that i got and kind of threw me off path a little bit and saw a life coach and she put me through a values focused exercise which was as, exactly as you say it was all pen and paper it wasn't tech orientated in any way shape or form and um it all i remember this very clearly it's so enlightening so enlightening about who you really really are as a human and the thing that i learned about myself in in that moment was is that i this sounds really really uh, probably a bit grand was but um i wanted to save the world that was that was it that was that was the the, the thing that underpinned everything else now am i doing that not yet, but we'll um we're you know one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. But um yeah, once you've kind of when you understand who you truly are as a human being, it's much, much easier to move forward at that point. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's it's amazing, it's like a cheat sheet. Yeah. You know, I've I've got I've got a friend that and this makes me laugh and he still does it to this day. And I think it's I mean, it's funny, but I'm not sure it's the best way to make decisions. He's got this old coin. It's like an old American dollar or something. And he, if he can't make a decision, he'll flip the coin for whether he does something or not. <laughs> and, and I've seen him do some pretty outrageous things at the, at the mercy of this coin. But this, when you do a values kind of practice or whatever you want to call it, you can literally say, okay, decision A is in front of me. Does that align? Like we say, does that match or in any way kind of shape or form play into who i am and what i believe in if mm. it doesn't just don't do it and don't think about it again yeah really straightforward so it is like a little cheat sheet and i think you know it's 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 a handy thing to do yeah yeah absolutely cool yeah well i mean that brings us kind of up up to date then i suppose so just give us a a, a quick overview as to what your job entails what do you do so um like I say, it's Tyra Hospitality as, a, as an organization. Effectively, we partner with hospitality businesses that are, yes, in, in desperate need of finding great new entry-level talent, but are also really interested in connecting more deeply with their local community 
and helping train and educate individuals that otherwise may have been overlooked by the industry. So specifically in London, the way that the, the model works is that we, we go out into the hospitality community and we partner with a group of hotels that are looking to do what I've just said. We are, as I say, we're, we're a nonprofit, so we're entirely sponsored and funded by these hospitality brands. So they'll put a little bit of budget towards Syrah Hospitality. Um, and that's really my one of my main roles is to go out and find those great hospitality businesses. Uh, we've worked with, you know, some of London's finest so far, including Hoxton, Citizen M, uh, Hilton Bankside, Pan Pacific. Shout out to Anne um, again. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we, we find the great businesses that need to connect more deeply, but also need great talent. Um, we then use that budget to go out into the local community and find individuals that may have been overlooked by the industry previously, or certainly would maybe have overlooked themselves um, in terms of working in one of these four or five star kind of lifestyle establishments. Mm. Um, we then go out or I kind of then build a team around that. So find a project manager that's going to be working on the project, hire local trainers that will actually teach the curriculum that we have and then cast our nets incredibly wide out into the local community. So partnering with amazing local nonprofits. Uh, we work a lot with crisis, breaking barriers. We also work with lots of local housing associations and the Department of Work and Pensions, etc., to find a group of students who again, may not know it at the start that they'd be great for hospitality, but we can see something in them that will give them the opportunity to to not just survive in the industry, but also thrive. And then once we found those individual students, we effectively put them through kind of a three-stage interview process to make sure that they are the right fit for the hotels that we're partnering with. And then we accept a group of students onto a program. That program um, runs between six, four and six weeks. We teach them all of the individual skills that they need, um, like I say, mostly kind of life skills and soft skills, things like communication, uh, building your own brand, understanding what the industry is as a whole. And then we put them through some work experience as well during that program. So they actually go inside the hotel that will essentially be hiring them at the end of the program. And they'll have a week of hands-on work experience where they do a rotation in different departments to understand the ecosystem of the hotel and you know what all of the functions are. And then after the training is ended, we have a nice graduation ceremony, which is probably the best party I've been to this year, actually, our graduation in the summer. It was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a hoot. It was so much fun. And then we have guaranteed job interviews for our students once they've finished the program. So then they are kind of interviewed with our hotel partners and then hopefully moving into employment with them. I realize I just mostly just described what the... Uh, what the business does rather than what I do. But um, effectively, you can you can kind of plonk me in at any of those I was going to say, it sounds like you you kind of have uh, a duty to outreach and also a duty to intake. So it, it's almost like you're you're going out and finding partners to, to work with who want to bring in the next wave of talent from, from your education. But also it's about working with these other non-profits and that, you know, do, do your, does your role look after both of those elements? Yeah. So when I came on board 12 months ago, it was, it was just me and Harsha. So our, our founder and CEO, I kind of, London was my baby. So really what it meant for me was, yeah, finding those partners, first of all, which freed up some budget so that I could then hire our, what was then a, a project manager, but she's now transferred into more of a kind of head of operations role. A fantastic lady called Lisa, who's just again, you, you want in a, in a in a 
job like this in an industry like this you need to align yourself with people that have the same vision and passion and she is that so yeah once you once you get the budget uh kind of from the hotels then finding lisa was key to then basically myself and lisa went out and did the rest so finding the students um we had 200 applicants for the first program which was which was great and building relationships with anyone and everyone that we can that we think will be beneficial to our students learning journey so mm. you know we we're partnered with people like springboard as well who help us with some e-learning modules for our students we're partnered with all of those amazing nonprofits that we mentioned before and i mean there's partnerships coming out of our ears basically but making making sure that everything's relevant to the student and you know the first program was really our pilot in london we hadn't done it before and we didn't know if we would do it again because it was a whole new model a whole new market previously we'd worked in africa mexico the caribbean so very different areas where free education is maybe a little bit more enticing when you're in namibia or you're in the middle of nowhere in in, in mexico or the caribbean so the transition and understanding whether or not what we actually do will be successful and relevant in london was a bit unknown which was a which was which brought around a lot of workplace anxiety for me but um you know really not knowing if this was going to happen at all be successful i say anxiety i'd I'd put anxiety in a there's probably a better word for it but whatever the type of anxiety is that makes you throw everything at it so that you want it to work um and just yeah thankfully yeah it was yeah yeah it was pressure and and i think that was really important for for us to make to make it kind of function in 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 london and yeah the first first program was was a great success uh we had 55 graduates go through the program and around 40 of them are now working inside kind of these four or five hotels in london yeah don't get me wrong there has been a list of learnings as long as my arm you know and that's that's inevitable isn't it yeah exactly and that's the great thing is that we can now we have such great access to everyone from the hotels that we worked with to the students to our trainers to the other nonprofits who are all just there's a constant dialogue of feedback and improvement coming through to us so we're very big on ensuring that that's taken into account and then we move on to create another program which we're doing we've got our next program launching uh, in a month's time on the 31st of october 2022 and all of those learnings that we've taken from the first program have been adapted and rolled into program two which is extremely exciting because it means that it's a slightly refined version of what we did the first time around whilst the ethos and you know the impact is still you know very much the same mm. and then yeah we we keep keep learning and we keep rolling and we do more and more programs in london um so that we can support more and more individuals into great careers but also so we can support more and more hospitality businesses that we know are yeah still feeling the pinch yeah no, I mean, it feels to me like it's a, a real here and now uh, requirement and it's absolutely needed. Uh, and so I take my hat off to to you guys for the work you're doing. Yeah, look forward to the next intake and in the, uh, or what do you call them, cohort? I don't know. What, yeah, what? yeah Plan- next cohort. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and uh, yeah, wish you all the very best with the, the next phase of that. But I can't, there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on here. And this is the benefit of sending out a form before we go on. The uh, because um, you know you make you make it sound like you're this uh, you know all conquering guy that you know does like, all these good things, but didn't you um, didn't you scam the NHS? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I didn't know if you'd pick that one up or not. Um, we we <laughs> we um, we we almost did. Well, almost scammed actually a, a group of lovely, amazing frontline workers. Obviously, not on purpose. Yes, this was, let's, this was let's, the... just, <laughs> let's just underline at the moment. I'm being humorous here. Um, the the uh, there's this this is not in your makeup. This is not something that you uh, absolutely did. But it was just something that was taken massively out of context. This was yeah. Well, but and I think it's important for it's it's an important thing to mention because at the time when this happened, it felt like the world had ended, and it was a I wouldn't say it was a mistake, but it was an oversight that will happen to anyone that's trying to start their own thing. So it's it's like a real example of. Oof, that could have been handled better. Um, but in, <laughs> in essence, when uh, I'll try and make it as quick as possible, but the, the way that Knights and us, the, the NHS kind of appreciation platform ran was we gathered lots of rooms. So yeah, 7,000 rooms from leading hotels up and down the UK. We then, once we gathered all of those hotels, we, we put them, all those room nights rather, we put them into a kind of a CRM platform, which was like a gifting, like a voucher platform. And obviously, all of the room nights that we acquired from these hotels were distributed for free. We weren't taking any commission or margin or anything like that on top. Yeah. And we had this big launch date in mind. I think it was the 5th of September 2020, if I remember correctly. Big launch date in mind um, where we sent out a newsletter to all of our subscribers. So we, we built a big network of subscribers within the NHS we worked like with local um, kind of trusts to get that. But anyway, we had a huge, huge distribution list. We obviously had seven thousand room, uh, seven thousand room nights to give away, and we had about twenty thousand people on the mailing list. So it was, yeah, it was. It, there were there were some people that would be disappointed, uh, unfortunately. Anyway, so we we sent out this email with what we thought. Well, they were very clear instructions that said, you know, when you log on to the gifting voucher platform, you have to put this code in. Otherwise, you will get charged the, the full amount. So, so please do put in this voucher code. It'll bring it down to zero. Lo and behold, you know, a, a large amount of very excited frontline nurses don't always read the email when they realise it's the time to kind of get this um, free free benefit. So, at the end of, I mean, actually, probably after about four hours of the platform being live, I think, we, I mean, it was it was in the thousands and thousands of pounds we had suddenly been paid for. <laughs> Right. Um, so yeah, pe- people just hadn't read the email properly and were buying vouchers left, right, and centre. We only became aware of that because I got a very angry phone call from one of the nurses that had won or got a voucher, saying, "Oh, you know, you've scammed me. You charged me all this money. What's going on? Am I going to get it back?" And I was kind of, "Okay, Greg, remain calm. We'll deal with this. I'm sure it'll be somewhere." And then kind of said, "You know, I'll be back in touch with you in the next hour. Let me just have a look into it." And at that point, I realised that we hadn't set up. A bank account to the CRM system so I was like oh my god this money has just gone like it's just flown off into the ether and no one's ever going to get it back and oh, I'm going to go to prison and then... <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully um the the tech team that we worked with that gave us access to the CRM system was able to refund everyone their money right. so no one lost any um and, we and you scammed no one <laughs> <laughs> no we yeah scammed no one but definitely had probably the most stressful five or six hours of my life trying to understand how we were going to make this up to them if we couldn't get the money back you know we're like what the hell are we going to do so we again problem problem solving and learning on the job which i think yeah starting anything up from scratch is always 
that's always going to come about in some way. <laughs> yeah. And what I think as well, sometimes you do things with such positive intent that it's, and of course you're going into realms that you've not really got any experience in. It's just a kind of idea in your head that you're trying to fathom mm. out. There's always going to be stuff that gets missed or, you know, yeah. and, th- and that wasn't even really your fault. You had been clear <laughs> with the information. It was just a question of you know, next time you need to, to put in a hit on the headline of the email please ensure you read all of the email or yeah. stick the, your voucher code is right at the beginning or, or something like that. But yeah. That's... Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a learning for sure. And then we, we, we'd modified since how we actually distribute vouchers out to people now because yeah, that didn't work too well. Yeah. <laughs> no, great though. I mean, uh, what a great story for kind of taking yourself outside your comfort zone as well. I mean, that's, that feels like that's up there with that moment where you know have you have you ever sent an email and copied somebody in that you weren't supposed to copy in and <laughs> you like you just well up from within. Yeah, your face goes all red and it's like, yeah. is my head gonna explode? I, I can't believe I just called them an arsehole and I've sent sent it directly <laughs> to them. Yeah. Well, I hope that sounds like a if that's a true story. I hope that's uh, that that's a difficult that's a difficult one to come back from. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I actually I've never done that. I never call anybody uh, <laughs> an arsehole behind the back. It's I was always just say, straight I didn't to the face. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think. <laughs> I didn't think that was in your vocabulary. No, indeed. No, great story though. Really great story. I, uh, I, I'm not going to let you go without kind of caveating the the that petrification story with a with something a bit more heartwarming because there's a lovely story around your first graduation. Which you did talk about, so it was one of the, the the best parties you've ever been to. But elaborate, tell us uh, a bit more about that experience. Yeah, it was it was actually it wasn't quite the graduation party. It was the it was the end of the first week of our first program. Ah, right, right, right. Okay, got you. Yes, no, but it it, it I, I it did. I remember reading it and thinking that's that's a lovely story. So yes, let's as uh, Graham Norton would say, off you go with your story. so we were the first week of the program was i mean you know intense and you know a lot of work had gone into building up to this kind of launch period if you like and typically it was it was incredibly busy when we were on site at the school and it was it was a friday in the first week and myself and lisa our head of operations were sat in one of the the other rooms uh there was a couple of classes going on in the afternoon it was kind of coming towards the end of the day and um, it was a pretty chilled afternoon. We were able to do a bit of um, work ourselves because we weren't actually training. So we were just doing some admin and some emails and stuff like that. And then we, from one of the classrooms in the distance, we just heard this almighty, what sounded like a ruckus. You know, there was like stomping feet. And I mean, our first instinct was like, what the hell is that? And then we heard music yeah. and we thought, interesting. So we, we kind of like ran up to the classroom. I've got a video somewhere of this. Um, ran up to the classroom and the entire there was a group of 18 students with one of our trainers Rosalba and the entire classroom were just having this big impromptu kind of dance party just listening to music and just having like just an amazingly organic kind of weird little party and um yeah, myself and got down. involved yeah exactly yeah and it was kind of for us it was a it was almost a okay this is this is going to work moment because you know we'd gathered 70 plus people 70 plus students for this school and no one knew each other and you know people's confidence levels you know a lot of them had been out of work for 12 months plus it was a very new environment for them and so I think in order for people to be successful in 
education, work, whatever it might be, there needs to be a level of confidence and self-belief there in order yeah. for people to thrive. So when we stumbled into this room and there was just the most kind of joyous, organic party happening, that was a moment when Lisa and I kind of looked at each other and thought, okay, that's we, that's the best, That's we're on here. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to wrap up the first week. And you know, there was there was no alcohol obviously involved. There was no it was it was just a, it was just this yeah, really natural it's high moment. on life. And yeah, high on education and hospitality. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You'll get your hair. Yeah. Um yeah. so that was that was really nice. And I'll I'll I don't think I'll ever forget that. Which is yeah. I suppose yeah. as well because you know, you would have to that point you would have been th- through so much and maybe still have little doubts in the back of your mind, is this gonna work? And then to see that happen, it's almost like yeah. Okay. Right. We can do this. We absolutely can do this. Yeah. The, 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 the planning, it's exactly that, you know, the, the planning until people are all in the room learning and the, the actual school is in session, it's all, it's all theory from us yeah. really, you know, and, and obviously the, the battle is won and lost and the careers are made through the quality of the training that they get and the ultimate experience and kind of, I guess, energy that's, that surrounds the whole experience for them. Yeah. So when we, when we saw that, you know, our trainer had, I'm not even sure how it came about. I think our trainer maybe just had the, a great idea, right? Okay, it's Friday. Let's let that hair down a bit. And and yeah, it was it was a real kind of stake in the ground that said, this is going to work. And I think we should probably make that a, a, on the curriculum, basically. We'll, yeah. we'll do a Friday Friday dance party. Cause yeah. It, it was, yeah, great. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Who doesn't oh, yeah. I'll be right along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring it down. <laughs> We can get your, uh, we can get Phil Street to do a set, and he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the, get the, 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 the inferior Phil Street, the other one. Yeah, Phil too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. No, that's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, great story so far. Sounds like you're kind of really just getting started with what you're doing here as well, and and I think critically, it sounds like you've found a home, like somewhere that really just, you know, as you said earlier on doesn't really feel like work you you know you get to to do what you do and it just comes from the heart and that just makes things so much easier and yes you're going to have days that are troublesome and yes you're going to have days that just flow and the usual rules will apply but uh, it, it absolutely sounds like you guys are onto something and that you're moving in the right direction and um, if I was wearing a hat I would take my hat off to you because I think it's just a wonderful project thanks very much yeah no it's um it, it definitely is just a start for us as well. We, yeah, have will have done two projects in or two programs in in London by the end of this year, and then next year we're looking to just multiply that um, and and just continue to run more and more programs uh, on a bit of a rolling basis. So we'll be we'll be basically popping up in London, probably in different locations. So our first program was held over in Hackney, and our second one's going to be closer to central London. And we like the idea of basically kind of almost traveling around to different areas so that we can impact different communities and also different operators in in different boroughs of london that's really what we're looking to do and i think you know as you'll know from all the conversations you have and your own experience as well is that it's it's kind of it's never been more relevant which again just is makes it a real treat to be able to work on a project like this or, or with a business like this because it's it's a time where we can not just impact business operations in a, in a great way, but really kind of change lives at the same time. So yeah, yeah it's, it's really exciting and um, yeah, can't wait just to keep cracking on with it, to be honest. Yeah. Lots of learnings to come and lots of changes to be made, but I think it's uh, yeah, the future is really bright for us. So exciting. Fantastic. 
Well, a final question before I let you go. What would be your, your top three reasons why somebody should come into hospitality? And this is probably more relevant for you because this is probably a question you have to answer all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, it really is. And our, our trainers do a fantastic job of, of kind of imparting that inspiration, if you like. But I think for me, the number one is probably personal growth. I think, you know, obviously moving into any career or any job, you're always going to learn and grow. Um, that That's the case, the, the whole, with, with every every type of employability. But I think, as we said at the start of the chat, in terms of the way that you can progress and grow in a personal level with hospitality, I think it's just, it, it's just, it's just magnified. And that's due to the people you'll meet and the teams yeah. that you'll form. Uh, I, I honestly don't think you'll ever be in a, a team environment whether it's sports or business like hospitality because everyone just has to glue together and they have to band together and it's difficult and can be nasty but you know you'll come out of it the best and and I, I really think that personal growth journey is, is huge I think the parties that you'll have <laughs> I think hospitality I think hospitality is great for parties you know you'll learn yeah. legendary to be honest yeah and you know, if you if you if you're prone to a party, then that's the industry for you. I think travel was good for parties as well. I used to have a lot of fun parties and travel, but hospitality is well, it's just having a good time. Is it the nature of it again, the essence of it? So yeah. yeah. Plus, there's also that uh, that kind of work hard, play hard ethic, isn't there? Really, a, you know, you you can have a, a a tough shift, but you'll be having it surrounded by other people who are having the same experience and so you kind of you can't help but build bonds with people who you're sharing experiences with mm. you know and so that when it comes to the time to play everybody's ready to play yeah let your hair down they, again and play it's, they uh, shall and play they will <laughs> yeah and I, th- I just think you learn a lot about yourself as well i think yeah but by by meeting tough guests lovely guests horrendous guests and you know that then it, it can sometimes be a mirror back to yourself in how you respond to those situations. Yeah. And obviously a lot, a lot of we, a lot of what we teach is, you know, understanding your triggers in a hospitality environment to make sure that if someone does cheese you off, to put it politely, you can respond to that in a way that's palatable. But I think, yeah, it, it's a really good industry for you to understand. Oh, like if you, if you, if you can be self-reflective for a moment in those or after a shift and you say, Oh, I, re- I reacted to that in a way that was quite interesting. That almost gives you an opportunity to kind of dig into yourself a little bit and have a think about why you acted like that. And, and I think you could learn again a lot about yourself in that way. Yeah, totally. And that's ultimately how you grow is, um, you know, is, is being honest with yourself. You know, we're all human. We all get stuff wrong all the time. It's just how you bounce back from from the moments that, that get you down that, uh, that will define how much progress you make. Yeah, completely agree. And I think, yeah, for me, the, the industry is great for that. and. Yeah, I, I think we're we're fortunate enough to be in a position where we're we can talk to people about this every day and, and get them excited about it. But yeah. we know that more needs to be done in terms of finding the right people. Uh, I think you know people need to look elsewhere um, from you know their normal kind of hiring patterns and hiring strategies, and you know whether that's working with one of the, there's so many great companies and charities doing similar things to us as well, which I think is really great to see. Uh, we're certainly not we're probably the youngest kid on the block but I think it's inspiring that there are so many 
different people that have you know similar ethoses and 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 obviously are incredibly passionate about the industry and don't want to see it have this weird cloud over it which it has at the moment i think you know there's 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 always you know clouds on some days but yeah it'd be great to be able to see that cloud shift slightly and hopefully we're a part of moving that yeah i think without question you are yeah Great stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, if people want to get a hold of you to learn more about you or what you're doing uh, with Syrah, what's uh, the best method for them to do that? So you can, well, as a few, you could always email me directly. I'm here to chat to anyone and everyone. Like I say, partnerships are my thing. So I'm at gf at syrahospitality.com if anyone does want to email directly. Uh, you can obviously keep up in touch with uh, Syrah on social. So we are Syrah at Syrah Hospitality on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn. And then the website is www.syrahospitality.com. Fantastic. Greg, thank you so much for sharing your story. I um, look forward to seeing what you guys get up to next and um, wish you guys all the very, very best. Brilliant. Thanks so much for for having me on. Great to chat with you, Phil. My absolute pleasure. Take care. Cheers. See you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And there we have it. An excellent journey so far from Greg, and it's clear that Syrah have a wonderful concept. Reach out to Greg directly to learn more about how they can help you. You don't have to wait long for your next instalment of Hospitality Meets, as I'll be airing a cheeky special on Friday at 8pm. But thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you then.